Hey, 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 welcome to the Really Charlie Podcast, where I try to bring to you some educational and inspirational speakers, whether they're authors, you know, singers, dancers, entertainers, community activists, whatever it may be. We are really trying, really, like, really, like, really, 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 really trying to get the message out. I know, really? Yeah, yeah, really, we're really trying to get this message out. So join me on the Really Charlie Podcast once, twice, three times, four times a week, it all depends. If you want your story out there, just reach out to me. And I'll put you on the Really Charlie podcast. God bless. And stay blessed. Take care. Hey, 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 welcome everybody to the Really Charlie Podcast. Today was a good day. Just shortly ago, we had Danny Gomes on the Really Charlie Podcast. And now we're going to move on to Renee Ledbetter. Dear friend of mine, definitely doing some great things. Advocating for a lot, a lot of people. Um, and, um, especially the youth, whether it's at church, you know, whether it's, you know, in her profession, she's definitely a strong advocate. She's always volunteering, doing the best she can to make sure that she's reaching out to those kids in need, you know, and trying to make sure that they have some kind of structure in their lives to, to move forward. Um, and, and when I reached out to her, I was kind of reaching out to her and a, and a very close friend of hers and try to get them on in because they do so much for the city and, um, and it, especially the youth, you know, sometimes the youth are out there trying to figure out things on their own. And, uh, it's great to know that we have some, some adults that are out there, some mentors, that are out there and trying to get them on track to do this school work, to, to participate in extracurricular activities, whether it be at school, whether it be at church, whether it be, you know, one of the community centers in the area. Um, but that's what, what Renee does for us. He's one of those people that we can count on. So I'm just... So happy to get her on here, and she'll be on here momentarily, so we can kind of just talk and rap, have a nice conversation about herself, and, um, you know, it's, uh, sometimes it's, it's under, you know, underestimated of what people like her do, you know, just think about it, you know, you're working for a living, and then you're also working just as hard, you know, and trying to make sure that kids of the city are getting a fair share, um, or getting an opportunity to do something else than to get in trouble. So this is what Renee does for us in the city, and um, can't wait to get her on here. Um, let's see. In the next couple of weeks, we have quite a few guests coming on, um, and I can't wait to see, you know, and listen to some of their, their definitely uh, endeavors, and it, it, just inspirational stories. We, we kind of shortchange, um, we shortchange what we have in the city. Oh, we don't know some of the blessings that we have that are in the city or was in the city. And there's quite a, quite a bit of interesting people that um, 
that are out there. And I'm trying to reach out to those people to make sure that we hear their story. We get their story on video so they can continue to inspire people even when they're not speaking. You know, and um, so uh, Monday, this coming Monday, we're going to have PJ Peener on here from Hyannis. He's now living in Texas. But we're going to have him on here. Um, so, but today's day is Renee's day. This is going to be Renee's podcast. And we're going to get her on here. So Renee, I hope you're ready for this podcast. I hope your hair is done. Hope your makeup is done. You know, make sure that you, uh, you know, Get ready for this really Charlie podcast because you know I know you. So I'm going to be good. I'm going to be a good man, a good friend, and be real nice. All right, all right, all right. Just bear with me, folks. Going to wait for Renee to get ready and set up. How about that NFL draft? How'd y'all think about it? It was great, wasn't it? The anticipation was well worth it. All right, without any further ado, Renee Ledbetter. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Sorry, I was hey. having technical difficulties. You was? Yes. <laughs> what? What's technical difficulties got to do with your hair, your makeup, you know? I, this is how I ran in the house. <laughs> so, That's why I'm sweating. Sweating. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, see, I got you working hard on the Really Charlie podcast. Got you working hard. Right. Speaking of working hard, for years, for years and years, you have done some tremendous things in our area in our city um, and you've been a voice for the youth of the city advocating for them make sure they get on programs or into involved in different programs and I want to say that I'm happy that you're doing it I'm very proud of what you did you're not getting paid for it you know and 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 but you keep doing it and I'm not saying, I'm not going to tell how many years. I'm not going to say that. Because <laughs> I don't, you know, although you are a decent age, I, I don't want you to think that I'm calling <laughs> you old or anything, you know? No, because well, we're like the same age. So, you know, I've been doing just as many years as you've been making a difference in the community. Oh, so you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're 25? Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. Right. Awesome. <laughs> it's amazing, amazing what, a, what two 25-year-olds can do, you know. It's right. Yeah, it is. You know, but you're doing a great job. And, um, I appreciate I, uh, that. Yeah. We have, um, you know, one of our close friends, Norma, she chickened out. She didn't want to come on the podcast. <laughs> She's know. actually... Um, in Florida where her granddaughter for a cheerleading competition right now. Oh, she so. could have did it on the sideline. You're seeing the bleachers. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, she, she's always taking selfies, you know. All she has to do is put her phone up like this, you know, and, <laughs> and, and talk to me on, on the Really right. Charlie podcast, you know. Right. She's probably sleeping, poor thing. Uh, well, same on. she's been doing it a long time too, you know. She's just right. I She's been doing that. a lot for a lot of years, and doesn't get the acknowledgement, appreciation she deserves. So, do no? Do you remember her station wagon? No, because I think I was in Dallas when she had a station wagon. Nope, you wasn't. I wasn't. Nope. Wait, do I? I don't remember. Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember cars. I'm not. Right. I'm not good with that. Well, that, <laughs> that vehicle was loaded with kids. Yeah. For the seat seat belt laws, and she put those kids in that car, 
They made yeah. sure they got the practice. Um, yeah. So it's very nice. So we got our first comment here from Mandy. So we're going to talk. What's up, Renee, Charlie? It was really great seeing you and Michelle yesterday. You guys look fantastic. Thank you, Hi. Mandy. Hi, Mandy. Thank How you. are you? Yes. <laughs> she was hanging out with her son, doing great things, and then I seen her son. He was, you know, she posted some nice pictures of him, and uh, that kid's getting around. He's like, he's like a politician. He's like royalty. Mandy, you're doing a great job. Keep your son involved. Make sure he sees a lot of things in life, and um, I, I hope that uh, I hope things. Uh, uh, you know, he's just a great kid. Have you met yeah. her, her son? Um, not since he was a baby when he was okay. younger. Right. Yeah, not great since kid. then. But we need. That's what we have to do. We have to keep our kids in a space where they can someday take over. You know, like Shane Burgo, who is now going to be running for city councilor. Um, years ago, people wouldn't have thought he would be where he is today um, yeah. in the state of mind. Uh, it just takes a few people, just takes a village to kind of help surround yourself around a child. And whether I get paid for it or not, I try to do that with every young person I come across. Um because it make it matters what they do with their life and what they how they contribute to the community. Uh, I have my own personal, my five children that I had myself, and they contribute in their way. And they're all working with, um, well, most of them are working with human services and doing working with youth, young people, and families, and um, trying to help make a difference in that way. So. I think it's important for all of us to surround our youth with as much support, encouragement, and love as we can give them because that's all they ask for. They don't ask for much. Awesome. Um, you, before I retired, you were doing the outreach program and um, going in and out of neighborhoods, just trying to get, talk to people. Um, and was that... Well, I don't, I don't think anything's difficult for you to try to reach out to people because you've been doing it so long. And, um, but I felt personally that that outreach program was kind of shortchanging you guys, kind of restricting you um, for the most part. You know, when, so when you're getting pulled back by the bosses-to-be, um, does that get frustrating? Um, yeah, it does get frustrating. I mean, recently, I've, I've been the director since 2019. Um, so I've been pretty much able to have autonomy on what we do. I don't really think it was so much as the higher ups as it was the person overseeing the program. Okay. Um, so now we're able to, we offer clinical services. In, you know, for Shannon Youth Only, we now offer, um, we work with, in partnership with UMass Dartmouth for the HiSET program. So we were able to do that. Um, we've been Actually, able to uh, partner with other programs as well. So, Renee, shame on me. I'm a bad host. And what I, what I would try to do <laughs> is, um, is, could you give us a little brief, you know, bio about yourself? Um Oh, yeah, I forgot to send you my resume. That's all right. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> um, so, basically, I have grown up in this area. I've, I haven't lived here my whole life, but I grew up here. Um, I moved away when I graduated from college. I went to Texas for about 12 years, and I came back home. Um, when I was in Texas, I worked with at-risk youth, what I'm doing now. Um, a little bit more at risk, um, different city. I worked in the school systems out there as well. Um, so I was the program coordinator for the after school program that dealt with the um, youth that were considered at risk because they were in an impoverished area. It was okay. probably the lowest economic area in the city of Dallas. 
one of the lowest. Um, so I did that until I came back home. And when I came back home, I started working um, humble beginnings again. Like I had to start over with my five children by myself. And um, I worked for a law firm, which I won't name. Um, but it did teach me a lot about real estate law. So that's that's the one thing I got from that. Um, but it was a very racist environment. So I had applied for the school department when I came back. So I had to wait several months. But I finally did get my shot to work for the school department. And I started there working in the dean's office. Well, I worked for the academic support program at the administration building. And then I went to the dean's office and the high school and worked with the dean. Um, they cut my position. So I ended up with, at Upward Bound at UMass Dartmouth. So I was there for about 12 years. Um, and then my life's journey took another turn. And um, someone asked me if I would like to work for the, this program that I'm directing now. And that was like in 2015, um, the, towards the end of it. And I took a chance and I said yes. And I started my work with what is now known as the New Bedford Shannon Program. And it was called HOPE at that time, the HOPE Collaborative. And um, began my journey with that, um, with, with the program um, at that time. And since then, um, there's been several changes, um, a lot of great things happening. We see we can service any kid in New Bedford. It doesn't matter who you are. It's not a gang-involved program. It's a program with youth that may be at, at risk of maybe dropping out of school, at risk of, you know, I don't know, getting themselves into trouble. It could be anything. Um, it's not necessarily just a gang involved program. So we service any youth from the age 10 through 24, which that has changed since when I started. Um, because when I started, it was 13 through 17. Mm -hmm. um, so now we are, I have 14 people on the team. And what, was, what was the reason for the changes from... Or, uh, Oops. You, uh, what, was, it, was it something that you, the need was a little bit better? I mean, it needed to be addressed from 18 to 20, would you say, 4? Um, 10 to 24. 10 to 24. So, right. so it's 10 to 24, and you mm -hmm. had it from 13 to 17 previously. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, so to get the, the older kids involved... Was there a stronger need for that? You know what was going on. Well, I think that yes, there was a there was a strong need for that. Um, our biggest goal we have two goals, right? So, like I tell some of the kids, there's three yards you can go into: your yard, the prison yard, or the graveyard. So our goal is to keep them in their own yard, out of prison, out of the graves. Um, and we were seeing a lot of the older youth trauma ridden and not being able to manipulate, not manipulate, but maneuver within the system in order for them to get the things that they needed, like their education, um, a good paying job, something that's going to help them sustain themselves. And a lot of them were looking for somebody to, to say, I know you're worth something and you know, you are loved and you are somebody that we want to invest our time into. So I think that age group right there, I mean, I would even go as far as saying that it should even extend up to 30 at some times because right now in the climate that we're in, it's hard for anyone um, above the age of 18 up until the age of 30 until they can and kind of get themselves established. So, I mean, we're not going to do that because <laughs> it's not mm -hmm. something that the state would allow. But I just, for me, um, youth to me is anyone un 
30 and under. Anyone that needs the extra support and out for themselves to make themselves successful. So, so is it based on just referrals? Uh, and um, um, well, some of it, some of it's based on referrals. Some of it's just with the outreach team that's in the community. They see a kid, kid needs has a need, or the kid will say, "I need some help. Can you help me out?" And so we we go from there. Some of it's um, referrals probably like from the it could be from the courts it could be from dcf it could be from the schools um people that are trying to do prevention um i know the now recently the police department has started referring some young people in order to keep them out of trouble um so you know we're we're prevention and intervention for the shannon program so we try to prevent the kids from getting into any trouble and we respond to critical incidences as well. Um, there's a lot of times there'll be kids outside and I like to say this because the, they'll if there's a group of kids hanging outside, a lot of people like to call the police. Don't call the police. Yeah. Um, or if you do, just ask them to send an outreach worker. You know, let us you know, have them get off the porch or do whatever it is, you know, stop making noise or whatever it is that is disturbing the neighborhood. Let us deal with it. So that way it's the emergencies can stay emergencies. And that can be dealt with by a group of outreach workers. Yeah, sometimes it, I don't know why, you know, that old school... The old school ways are kind of forgotten when it comes to, you know, seeing, seeing things going on in the community, trying to find out what's going on. And, and sometimes a kid may just need a conversation. Right. And, and when that conversation becomes, you know, when that conversation is with a neighbor, sometimes you never know. It may be something that uh, is more valuable than anything. And, but this day and age, something you find that people just don't want to get involved. Um, just a little leery about getting involved. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you look back. You look back in our lifetimes. You know, people <laughs> we could, people we could talk to were probably every other house. You know. Right. Um, well, before you got home, you got in trouble all the way up the street if you did something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> was the difference I think um, now it's like you can't really say anything to just anyone's kid so um, do, you, um, do you do you reach out to kids uh, virtually through social media you know is that something that your, well, your organization tries to do because well that's they do yeah the 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 outreach workers do have um, friends you know they're social media friends with a lot of the kids that we work with. Um, but it's not like we don't have a social media page because we don't want them to become targets of look at these kids. Like we don't want them to be labeled. So we try to stay away from social media for our program anyway, because it's, we don't want the participants, the, the youth to be labeled as, Oh, those kids are in that program or, mm -hmm. You know, let's watch out for little Johnny because I saw his comment on the Shannon page. And we just, in order to keep the youth that we serve as safe, we rather not do that. Okay. I know it's that's what they're at, but that's why the outreach workers, the caseworkers, have personal contact information with them on social media, mm -hmm. um, so that way it's more private. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm only saying that because I, I, I know there are things that keep your hands tied when it comes to that electronic communication with someone right. um, or with someone's child. I, I definitely you know, know that, but sometimes, or at least if you have that as an avenue, um, because that's where the kids are, and um, they're expressing a lot, a whole lot on social media that um 
You know, right. it's, it's real, real personal, and um, sometimes we need to pay attention to that a little bit. You know, even right. if, even <laughs> if, even if it's you know, hey, I know a mutual friend of that kid. You know, let me reach out to that mutual friend and say, hey, can you um, why don't you kind of steer this to your friends? You know, give this to your friend. We got a great program where that may help them out and with mm -hmm. whatever they're going through. So, yeah, but, we um, do that a lot too. So, um, when it, on their person, you know, on their personal page or a private message. But the one thing we are not trying to do is, like you say, get these kids caught up because a lot of times social media gets them caught up <laughs> in uh, in situations that you know can be life changing for them. And not in a good way. You know the really, really Charlie podcast. I'm trying to, I'm trying to go worldwide, man. I wanna, I wanna talk to a lot of people. But for right now, I can only deal with the community that we have, this Facebook community, the Streamyard community, YouTube community that I'm involved in right now. Right. But I, but I also want to let you know that anything that you guys are offering or you guys are trying to, you know, reach out, you know, please let me know so I can share it on this, this podcast or mm -hmm. share it on the really Charlie, you know, Facebook group, you know, so it right. gets out there in another way. But I also think that social media is definitely a way to, to reach out to people, um, especially. Well I, well, I can tell you this, that in the summer, we're going to, um, we also do pay the youth to work. So we do subsidized employment, but it's not for the 18 and over youth, um, the out of school youth, um, whether they graduated or not, um, we can work on the education piece if we have to. Um, but if they're out of school, um, we have seven slots open for um, them to work for 20 hours for five weeks and um, no, six weeks. And um, and we can put them into a job, into a placement of somebody who's willing to take a chance on some of our youth. You'll be surprised. They're very smart young people um, that are hard workers and, and wanna work. And we pay them for 20 hours for those weeks um, each week, and we asked you to use that as their time of probation, so that way you could the place can hire them full time. I mean, we've done that and been very successful with other places. So if there's anyone out there that has a business or manages um, a business or anything um, that can uh, hire young people in order to change their life, mm -hmm. um, they can just give me a call or um, reach if they could reach out to you, get my number. I don't want to put it on the air, but <laughs> um, I can, it would be, uh, it would be a great opportunity for our youth to have a job that not just a job, because my definition of a job is just over broke, but something that is a career, something that is sustainable for them for a lifetime. What's, what's the, um, the address. Could you give me that address? Um, 376 Nash Road, New Bedford. Yeah, so we are. Uh, yep, 508 742. Wait, wait, slow down, lady. <laughs> I'm only joking. Okay, uh, 508. 742. 742. 6971. 6971. And that's our office number. Sometimes we're not there because we're out in the community. Um, and right now, I think the biggest thing is we're trying to help do vaccine education for our young people as well. So, okay, that's good. 
didn't even put the so that's the Hope Collaborative. New Bedford Shannon. It's called New Bedford Shannon. You think you know everything. I can't believe <laughs> it. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. So, the uh, I want to kind of re- go back in time a little bit here, and um, I, I know you've done a lot of things, or did a lot of things at the church, um, and some of those programs, you, you definitely had probably, from what I can gather, 10 to 20 kids involved in your youth program at the church that time those programs has it helped you has it allowed you uh well they actually probably were yours but did you bring those programs over to the um to bedford shannon with you you know i i did um a lot of the life skills and um personal development um activities that we did with the youth, I did carry over to New Bedford Shannon um, because they worked. Um, so if it works, you, you kind of keep using it. I just tweak it based off of the generation. Um, so my I'm still working with the church. Um, yep. I still meet with a group of youth. Um, we were meeting remotely. They didn't like that. So I got I made sure I was fully vaccinated and we started, we're going to start meeting in person. Um, I also was the director of the dance group that was in the parade every year yeah. um, and was the youth council advisor for the NAACP New Bedford branch for probably 14 years, a long time. Wow. So I think I've um, seen and worked with, I don't know how many kids, a lot. <laughs> even your own your own yeah. dogs so um, and I when I look back at some of them like Kendall Ramis, Corday Silva um, you know Shane like I said um, Giovanni Sequero there's so many of them um, I, I look at them in awe and with pride because it's not about what I did. It's the work that they did. Yeah. Um, but just spending the time getting to know the youth and helping them along the way and different aspects of their life. And now that they're grown, sometimes when they get when they get older, they they forget you. You think they forget you because you don't see yeah. them, <laughs> you know. Um, but I look at all of them, you know, Jarrell Burgo. I'm just proud of every single young person that I have been able to reach out to and touch. And I hope that I always hope that there's something there that I left with them, help them grow in their life. Uh, working with, you know, Upward Bound, a lot of years, you invited mm-hmm. me there, able to speak and participate in a lot of program, uh, a lot of things that you were doing out there. Um, I wish I was more available during that time to kind of be a huge part of it, only because I hear the tremendous stories that are, that I'm hearing now, um, especially, you know, on this podcast. And, and everyone seems to bring up, you know, things like, uh, you know, Upward Bound and, and some of the things that were inspirational to, to them during that process or during that time. Um, and, uh, and I didn't realize how old Upward Bound is actually and how many it, it goes back you know 1967 60, yeah. yeah 66 67 which is, um, which is a credit to the countless administrators that come through you know and, and you know, once a new boss comes in, you know, they're always thinking of changes and cuts. And, <laughs> and yeah. it's so amazing that it was allowed to maintain, you know, for decades. Yeah. Um, so. It is a great program. Um, I think a lot of the 
I think that's what a lot of our youth need is not just an upward bound for, um, but I think our city needs transformative justice, right? So with Upward Bound, that's a transformative program. It transforms people's lives. It helps them see where their future is. It helps them understand what they want, their goals, how to achieve them. And if we had more of a transformative justice system here in New Bedford, we wouldn't have to worry about so many juvenile court cases or, you know, we wouldn't have to worry about kids out there on the street hustling, selling, killing, stabbing, shooting. We wouldn't have to worry about any of that because we would have a place for them to go and get the the help that they need because our kids are doing what they do because they're angry. They're doing what they do because they're hungry. They're doing what they do because they're traumatized by whatever it is that's going on in their life. Um, they're not out there because they want to be. They're out there because they have to be. But if we had a system or a center that enabled them to be able to finish their education on the pace that they can, because not everybody learns the same way, yeah. um, finish their education properly, and then maybe move on to a, a higher education or a trade or even a bridge program that bridges that gap. And so that they can, in those um, fields, that could come from our youth. But we have to have the ability and the resources and the understanding of what that looks like. It doesn't look like being put behind bars. It looks like, you know, learning how to stay from behind them. Well, you, um, when, with, with you mentioning all that, I want you to kind of pay attention to the, uh, the West End Empowerment uh, Center that's coming, you know, that's being, you know, being inspired by Rick Reese, you know, um, I don't know if you've seen that podcast, but that was on, um, if you have an opportunity to just look at that podcast and, and check it out because that is someone, and that is actually a venue that's going to actually be able to help out in all those areas that you talked about. Mm-hmm. And and what's going to need to happen is that eventually, you know, a board is going to be, you know, needed to be formed. And then that, that whole facility is going to be turned over to the board because people from outside our area are coming in here and they want to fund an empowerment center just so New Bedford can benefit it benefit for it mm-hmm. and so when you're talking about all these things there's there's so much that this one center can offer um and right now they're thinking about a couple of locations in the west end area along kempton street um and um you know one of the sites they're talking about is the magnet park area where the where the uh softball field is or the baseball field, or just grassy, that grassy area that's mm-hmm. untouched, you know. So, you know, when you have time, just look at that. And um, the dude is a personal friend of mine. And uh, if you need to reach out okay. to him, you can definitely do that because um, I'm pretty sure that if you two get connected, um, a lot of things that you're looking for, he's looking to provide. So, you know, you and I will talk off air and um, and get that that connected. Um, Yeah. So, you know, you talk about Shane, Shane Burgo, running for counselor at large for the city of New Bedford. Mm -hmm. Somebody that you mentored, someone that um, you inspired. Um, And over those years, as that gentleman has grown, um... I'm pretty sure you see a lot of things that you tried to apply um, to him, along with you and many other mentors he had. There's one thing that the kid was, 
-hmm. was a sponge. He was a sponge. Yeah. <laughs> and and you yeah. see it. You see it now. And, mm -hmm. um, so, um, you know, you get young men like that. That clearly shows that what you what you are doing and many others is proof in the pudding that it works. Now, um, correct me if you're wrong. Are you part of the youth program at NAACP? Not anymore. Um, okay. I'm not the. I don't know. Put my phone on. Do not stop. I'm not the youth council advisor anymore. Uh, I am now the vice president of the NACP. Um, so that doesn't give me much clout. <laughs> so we all know what the vice president means, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, but yeah, I do not, I haven't, it's hard. It's been, I gave it up two years ago to almost two and a half years ago and that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do um, okay. but I still keep it those kids so yeah good there's our friend Don Andrews sending some love to you hey Don and my sister <laughs> she's definitely uh, she's another amazing person um, great story in herself you know and um, I'm uh Nice to see you, Don. Um, so, we um, I've known you to be involved in the Cape Verdean um, Parade Committee, Recognition Committee, um, mainly the Parade Committee, right? And um, yes. so you've been doing that a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot. There's a lack of understanding what gets, what's involved with the Cape Verdean Parade Committee, and um, and with me being there a couple of years, I was able to see, you know, from A to Z what goes on, and it, it definitely, um, it, it's an eye opener. It's an eye opener mm -hmm. because you know that along that parade route, there's people always seem to talk from the peanut gallery mm -hmm. <laughs> and they seem to always have the right answers for the Cape Verdean parade committee but the doors are always open the right. doors are always open for that parade committee um and so yeah it's it's a lot of it's a lot of work it's not you know People see the parade, it lasts a couple of hours, and they think that's the end of it. But um, we stopped planning the parade the year before. So, like, right now we're planning for next year because this year we can't do a parade parade, but we will be doing something, so please stay tuned. Um, I, I would let Diane Gomes speak on that because she is the chairperson of that committee and I don't want to speak on the turn. So, but there is something that will be happening. Um, but just to plan the parade for next year, we have to start now. Um, drum corps, it costs money. Parades are expensive. We have to pay for the entertainment, the drum corps that come in, the different groups that come in, even the local groups. Um, we have to give them something um, for their time and their talent. Um, so it's not just about getting a bunch of people together. It's about raising money. It's about making sure that we have, when Diane and I, and sometimes normal, we do the parade lineup. And we have to make sure that we don't have two drum corps back to back. We got to make sure that each parade division is separated um, by music and make sure there's music in every part of the parade. So it's not even just about, okay, everybody get together, line up. <laughs> it, it's about making sure it's organized, it's planned correctly, and we make we have to make sure that we have the K-Verdian um, recognition, that's the whole point, the recognition of the K-Verdian culture in the parade. It's not the 4th of July parade. 
It's the Cape Verdean Recognition Parade that happens around the 4th of July. But the Cape Cape Verdean Independence Day is July 5th. Yeah. Sometimes uh, I remember sitting down and we were informed that uh, the uh, Cape Verdean Parade was not an official parade. But it seems like there's a lot of official events going around during that time of the parade. Mm-hmm. You know, people started jumping <laughs> on things around it. And all of a sudden, there's, uh, I'm not going to mention any events, but you see the events. You mm-hmm. know the events. Yeah, as which much changes as parade routes and, mm. you know, which interferes with some of that. But we make do um, because we have to plan properly. Um, But it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, you know, getting permits, making sure things are set up. Um, It takes a whole whole team of people. And, you know, we welcome anybody to be on the committee, um, you know, picking the parade marshal. I know there's a lot of criticism around choosing the parade marshal, but that's done by the board, um, which is the Cave Writing Recognition um, committee itself and the parade committee, they can make recommendations, but they, they don't choose, you know, um, the board chooses and it's based off of the work that you've done in the community. Um, there's a lot of people that I would like to see as a parade marshal, Dorothy Lopes, for instance, who's been a pillar in this community for many, many years, um, over 50 years. And, I would love to see her as a parade marshal, but it's a matter of somebody nominating. So, you know, people will say, well, how come you didn't put this person? Well, how come you didn't nominate them? You have to you have to write something up and, you know, have that time to nominate. You have to nominate the person and say why um, this person should be a parade marshal so for that parade. I know. I just... It's, I haven't had time, but I have to do it. I needed help but from other people, and I did ask for that help, and I didn't get it, so I couldn't. Like, I don't know everything, because when she was younger, I was not born. So <laughs> I needed people that were able to, <laughs> to give that information, because um, I don't want to celebrate somebody when they're gone. I'd rather celebrate them while they're here, you know, so... Um, but there are a lot of different um, elders in our community that deserve the recognition um, for everything that they've done in the Cape Verdean community. You know, I could name countless people. Wayne Ramis, June Pina. These are all older people now, but they've done so much. Ron Barboza. I mean, there's so many that when we were younger, we're, those were the people that were our village, you know? Exactly, and they, they, uh, you know, I like that comment you made about they want to praise them while they're alive, and and that's one thing I say. I'm I'm doing this podcast so I can give people their flowers while they're standing, and there is so many people. There's, there's, um, you know, doing this podcast on a, um, sometimes two, three times a week, and you know, there's a lot of Bless people in this area that I'm trying to bring out, you know, and, and I'm going outside the area too. So I know how it is for you guys, especially when you get a bunch of names thrown at you, you know, it, it's, and you have to have an explanation of why or make a decision, this person or that person, you know, and it, mm-hmm. you're never going to make everybody happy. Right. That that shouldn't discourage you because, you know, the next year is another year, you know, or there's uh, other ways to do it, you know. And um, I remember selecting, you know, trying to be part of a, a couple of them. And, then, you know, we locked out because things were decided unanimously on particular people that were marshals. It was kind of like a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Um, so that made it easier, those those two years, but, you know, some years it's not going to be hard, you know. They might have to pick someone like, you know, Don Andrews or Renee Ledbetter, 
So now you have a, a thing that you're, you're looking at and you're saying, wow, I want to pick Don for this. I want to pick Renee because of this. And you go back and forth and it, it becomes, but you have to make that decision as a committee. Right. I, bring up, I bring up that committee only to praise you, only to praise you and everyone else that's been involved over the years. That, um, Thank you. It's, uh, it's, uh, sometimes it's, it's, it can be well, thankless, but it is appreciated. Yeah. It is very, it's, yeah, it's thankless at times, but it's very rewarding. And um, it's almost like at the end of the parade, it's like, it's like a sigh of relief. Um, and the beginning of the parade is always, you know, like tension and pressure and stress and, you know, because we want it to go off okay. We don't want any glitches and, you know, um, it's just important that everything happen in its the right place because when they get down to the reviewing stand, if that book is not correct, then people are not around announced correctly, you know? Yeah. So that's why we ask people to register in advance and not the day of um, because it makes our life a lot easier. <laughs> so, and I really miss like it's been with COVID for the last year and a few months, um, missing out on everything. Um, just church. I mean, that was a big part of my life. That's it, still is. It's just not physically, you know. Um, the, the parade, the 4th of July fireworks, the different events, the scholarship breakfasts, dinners, lunches. I mean, the graduations, um, you know, I, I, this generation, 2020 and 2021 graduates, um, they're really resilient young people. If you think about everything that's happened within the past year or so, they've had to give up so much, but they still kept going. Um, so when we sit there and look at these young people and say, I don't know what's wrong with these kids. Next time you see a young person, why don't you just say to them, thank you for being so resilient and yes. and strong and getting through this. Um, so it's it's been hard for a lot of these young people. Uh, my daughter got married last year, and that was hard. To, now you have to cut the guest list down. She got married outside, and so the whole family couldn't be together. Um, on a very special day. So it, it's been it's been difficult for everybody, I think, with all the, the funerals that we can't go to. You know, the wakes, you couldn't say goodbye to your loved ones. You know, so it's been a lot, but it's been a lot of good as well. I think a lot of good have, has come out of COVID because now people are communicating more. Um, and... I think the value of life and the value of, you know, just love has, well, for me, has become apparent. And it's something that I know that I need to do in my life, make sure that I'm healthy enough to be around for my grandchildren. I have, I have one. I only have one. Um, <clears throat> but hopefully with five kids, you would think I have a little bit more than one by now, mm -hmm. but. I only have one. And um, so I just help bring, you know, shed light to my ability to take care of my health, um, make sure that I am doing the best I can to love everyone that I come in contact with. That's good. The, uh, Don, Don Andrew said, yes, Renee deserves recognition. She has her hands in so much of our community, our church, our children, and elderly. I commend her and admire her dedication. And um, most thank people you, sister. That, yeah, <laughs> most people, almost everybody that knows you, kind of have the same regard for you. That same regard for you, and um, you know. So I'm glad I could recognize you for a little bit for a little over, you know, about an hour. And with that being said, 
I ask all my guests, who would you like to see on a Really Charlie podcast? Who would I like to see? I think I would like to see, do you just do one person at a time? Or... No, it, it could be, you know, I can have up to 10 people on this podcast, but uh, okay. most of the time I try to bring it to four. That way it'd be, you know, so people can pay attention. And, uh, right. And we, you know. I, I think I would like to see people like I, I mentioned, like Wayne Ramis, um, who's, who's worked a lot in the community, um, the old the old committee that put together the bike do you remember the bike um yep, bike thon we would do the bike the, ride yep right um and i think that entailed like wayne ramus um june pino um i know she's not that well or maybe even dorothy lope she's kind of tech savvy right now <laughs> yeah, yeah but you know um a lot of our older people are kind of tech savvy right now but I, I would like to see some of the people, um, the older generation that we had to look up to, to help give some advice to some of our um, generation Ys, Generation sure. Zs, because they have a lot of wisdom. They have a lot to share. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to do that. I'll reach out to them. Um, and, you know, I know I can get access to Wayne. Um, uh, I have to talk to family and friends about reaching out to Dorothy. And I can give you, I can text you her number. Okay, and I haven't talked to June in a long time, so. Yeah, and then we could talk about that offline too. Oh, okay. Um, so we got about f- four minutes. What would you like to end, you know, with your final? final words for the podcast um i just i think for for me going through this last year just seeing what's valuable what's important all i want to say is that you know not being able to go to church has really been and it's not that it's not open it's just that i haven't been comfortable um so that's been a big challenge for me and if there's anyone um that comes from Our Lady of Assumption. I mean, we don't want to, we're losing people. We lost a lot of people to death this year. Um, We're losing parishioners. And we don't want our church to fail because it's the first Cape Verdean church in North America. Um, And it's the only Cape Verdean Catholic church in this area. And um, try to go by and visit Try to go back and visit um, whenever you can um, because our older people are getting older and they're, they're not getting any younger. And we need more of our generation and younger to step up and kind of take the reins so that way our church doesn't fall. We lost a lot of things like the parade to the cemetery on Memorial Day. We've lost a lot of things in Maybe one day next year we can get those things back, but we need young people that have energy and that can do it, that have the ability to get these things back up and running. Because we keep saying there's nothing here for our kids, but there's everything here for our kids because we're here. We just have to be willing to do the work. True, true. But thank you for having me on your podcast. You know, I think I'm, I'm one of your biggest fans. Thank you. you have been inspiration to a lot of young black men, and that's not everyone can't say that. Um, because, like they say, not all skin folk are kin folk. <laughs> um, so, I really appreciate what you do as well. So, thank you. I, I really appreciate it, and um, I'm your number one fan, you know, definitely trying to. You know, get get the word out for people that don't know you, and 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 know that you know. I said you're one of the best advocates for the city when it comes to youth, and I really mean that. 
Okay. Um, so continue to do what you're doing, and we we will definitely stay in touch. Anything that you have that you're trying to offer or get out to the community, just let me know so I can at least copy, you know, something that you're presenting to the community, you know, on the Facebook page and uh, get that message out through my followers. Right now okay. we're at the 800 and probably 17 people. That's a lot of people. So if I can get a message out to them, I really appreciate it. Okay, you thank you. To share it. Um, and look, this is probably the first time in our life that you haven't swore at me. <laughs> you know, nope. So, <laughs> Not out loud. <So>. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And um actually um you know I thought I was gonna say a few stories about Mark Lopes, but I uh I'm gonna leave that for another day. My you know, brother. I miss yeah. my brother. Yes, yep. and we, we I wanted to say share a few stories about him, but we're gonna say that for the next time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Renee, God bless, and continue to do what you're doing. If you need me, you know where to reach me. All right, thank you. Good night, right. everybody. Yeah, all right, thank you. Another great guest I have. Um, I had two great shows, two great podcasts, and I say that a lot, but you know, I don't do nothing other than bring great people to you. Um, I bring these people to you so you can listen and learn. And they can listen and learn from you in your comment section. Because you do bring out the best in them. You bring out those questions. You bring out those comments. Um, whether they're just showing, you know, some, some gratitude for the person that's speaking. You know, it's... You guys are doing a lot by listening and viewing. And my guests are, are actually appreciate this. Because what we're doing is we're bringing, we're giving them their flowers while they're standing. We're giving them the praise that they deserve. Because they haven't just been doing this this week. They've been doing it for years. They've been doing it for decades. And they continue to reach out to your family, my family your friends, my friends, or just our city. They're just trying to reach out and do the best thing, showing some humanity. And um, that's what I'm trying to do on this podcast, is just do the best we can. I um, want you guys to continue to support a lot of local podcasts and shows, you know, the Wind Down Podcast on WMB1, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, their sports program, you know, with uh, Brian Magnet, Stevie Lopes, Derek Consatio, Straight Talk, you know, definitely continue to support those people. You got Michael Consatio with the Sports Corner. Uh, Justin Montero is out there. He's doing his things, trying to produce and get the the, the material out there. Um, so there's a lot. There's uh, Mike Heron and Mika out there in Fall River doing their thing, you know, trying to get a, um, stories out there. And, and, you know, they're absorbing a lot. They're absorbing a lot of bullets thrown their way, you know. Um, because they're talking about some things, some taboo things that just get people in a frenzy, you know. But as we see, regardless of what you throw at Michael Heron, he's every week, every day, the man is still standing. The man is still going to be there. And um, that's what I like about his podcast. There's another one with Paul Santos, uh, Paul Santos Live, you know, um, with Chops Turner. And he 
brings on Chris Santos and they talk sports and you know continue to support these people and just kind of listen listen to the subject matter and um, goes a long way you're on social media already so why not tune in to some of the great things that are going on um, virtually right in your backyard all right everyone mask those beautiful faces and sanitize wash your hands stay safe um, continue to be beautiful continue to be blessed and stay blessed love you guys and I'll see you on Monday with another really Charlie podcast with PJ Pina from Hyannis Mass thank you and good night everyone good night Don I see your comment on the bottom.